What is up, you guys? And it's your boy, Tony T-Time Westman, and I'm back at it again with another podcast, man. This is going to be a special edition podcast, man. This is going to be the Talks with T-Time College Football Bowl Season podcast here where we're just going to talk about a lot of college football, a lot of bowls. Uh, so if you're into college football, you're definitely going to want to stick around. We're definitely going to jump into the two big games this weekend. Really, I feel like there's really only one big game this weekend, and we'll jump into that later on on why. But I just want to hold you guys for about 30 to 35 minutes. We will not take a break. This is going to go straight through. Um, so we'll talk about everything. Probably feel like I said, I want to hold you guys too long, probably 20 to 25 minutes, 30 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. But I do want to jump into some of these bowl games. Um, even the smaller ones I want to jump into. Um, obviously we'll focus mainly on Ohio state and Clemson, um, towards the end of the podcast, um, and then we'll also talk about Oklahoma and LSU that'll be taking place tomorrow as well. Um, and I'll talk about the differences between those games and how I feel like um, one is not as important as the other. So we'll talk about that. And it's not because I'm a Clemson fan. I promise you it's not. But um, we'll definitely talk about that, too, as well. But I want to talk about some of the bowl games that um, really have already took place. I do want to talk about that a little bit, if you guys don't mind. Some of the ones that kind of at least stand out to me, at least. Um, So I do want to take a look at that, just kind of see some of those games and see how they play the difference in, um, you know, the bowls and stuff like that. So a lot of the bowl games really just kicked off. The ones of kind of of importance, I would say, at least. They really just kicked off like, hmm, I guess yesterday, which would have been Thursday, um, but I'll go over some of the games, and it was some last weekend too that were kind of good bowl games. But um, I'll go over the a few bowl games here. We had Washington at Boise State, where Washington won thirty eight to seventeen. App State won thirty one to seventeen. Finding not thirty one seventeen. Excuse me. Let me start that over. <laughs> Washington beat Boise State thirty eight to seven. Um, and then App State beat UAB 31 and 17. App State find themselves, you know, only losing one game this year. It just kind of makes you wonder what would have happened if they would have beat Georgia Southern that Thursday night. Um, so that's kind of cool to see. Um, and then I want to jump into this Miami Hurricanes team a little bit. Losing to Louisiana Tech 14 to 0. I watched that game last night. Um, I mean, Miami is horrendous. Their offense is completely horrible. Their defense is actually not that bad, but that offense is bad. It makes you wonder, was Manny Diaz a horrible hire? Because I originally thought that was a really good hire for them. Um, But now I'm at the point now where I I don't know if that's such a great hire. Um, Now, his buyout is $4 million. A lot of people in Miami already want him fired. I think it's a little bit too soon. I think you at least give him, at least really to me, a year or two possibly um, before you can start pulling that card out. But we'll see. Um, And then Pitt played Eastern Michigan last night. That was actually a really good game. And Pitt won 34-30. Really good game last night, though. I really enjoyed watching that game. Now, I want to talk about some of the games that are taking place today, if you guys don't mind. I'm not going to jump deeply into some of these games because, like I said, I want to spend the bulk of our time talking about Ohio State and Clemson mostly and then LSU 
and Oklahoma here in Atlanta. Those are the games I really want to really, really just hone in on and focus on. So I want to talk about a team that I've been saying in the summer. I was saying, yo, this team can be a scary team here. And to me, that's the UNC Tar Heels. I've been saying that since summer. I, when I seen them on Clemson's schedule, I said, that's the game I don't know about. And you can see by the score, you see why I said that. Um, they played in a lot of close games. I mean, they could easily be 9-3, 10-2. I mean, that's how many close games they played in this year. Um, they could easily find themselves 10-2, 9-3, just a player or two away from it. Seriously, if they beat Clemson, the whole trajectory of their season probably changes. They'll probably find themselves 8 and 4, 9 and 3 at this point. Really good team in Chapel Hill that's playing a very, very, very good Temple team. Now, Temple is 8 and 4 coming into this game. They had a pretty good year as well. But this kid, Sam Howell, um, I remember watching him when he was at Sun Valley and, you know, the Charlotte metropolitan area. This guy's good, man. Um, you know, 234 for 388, over 3,347 yards and 35 touchdowns. Really good quarterback, especially to me, he's the best freshman quarterback this year. I don't care about Bo Nix. I think Jaden Daniels could also make an argument, but I think Sam Howell is the best Freshman quarterback. Now, also as well, Chapel Hill has a lot of good running backs with Williams and also as well Michael Carter. Um, I like that wide receiving core that North Carolina has. I like De'Ami Brown, another guy that I watched grow up uh, and and watched him play at West Mecklenburg High School. Um, A very talented guy. Very talented. Um, They have a lot of talent that I like in their wide receiving core. Um, Daz Newsome is another kid that he is very, his potential is out of this world. He kind of reminds me of T Higgins a little bit, you know, very kind of lingy, like kind of tall, but can make athletic plays and athletic catches. Daz Newsome, only thing I feel like he struggles with is consistency. You want to see him be more consistent, but besides that, I mean, this kid is really, really good. And these guys I'm talking about, like, De'Ami Brown's only a sophomore. So he'll be back for at least another year. Um, I believe Daz Newsom, and I could be wrong, and somebody can correct me if I am. Daz Newsom is only, like, a junior or a sophomore. So these guys are young, um, very young, very talented, though, as well. So North Carolina, and then obviously Sam Howell is a freshman. So... At this point, I mean, I'm leaning towards taking the Tar Heels in this game. I think they could win this game. They're very talented. I like what they have. Mac Mac Brown has done an amazing job with them this year. I mean, to get them to a bowl game in the first year is already amazing. Um, so when you look at that in that perspective, it, it's exciting to see what Carolina has going on. And, and this is coming from a Clemson fan. I mean, they are really exciting to watch. And in a few years, that's going to be a team that a lot of people are going to have to keep their eyes on, especially since they have a talented quarterback. Um, another game that's taking place today is going to be Wake Forest versus Mrs., uh, Michigan State. Um, Michigan State offense is horrid, but their defense has always been solid. Um, you would come to think this could be Tom you know, it could be time for a change um, in East Lansing. I mean, I just think it, it may be that time for just a new coach um, at this point. 
Um, Wake Forest comes in eight and four. Jamie News- Newman has had a tremendous year. I think they continue to roll. I think they win this game pretty decidingly. I would say like thirty-four to twenty or something like that. Um, tonight we have Oklahoma State playing against Texas A&M. Oklahoma State in and out season eight and four. Uh, Texas A&M had one of the toughest schedules in this planet Earth. They had Clemson, Georgia, Bam. I mean, it was rough. LSU. I mean, they. They had a rough year, man. Seven and five, I mean, four games you already knew you were signing up to lose with LSU, the, as great as they've been this year. Clemson, as great as they've been this year. Um, Bama, you know, when Tua was healthy and also as well. Um, who else am I forgetting? I just said their name. Georgia. I mean, and that was in Athens, and they almost won that game and really should have won that game. Um they had a rough road. I actually think Texas A&M wins this game. They've played harder competition than Oklahoma State through this year. They, I think they had the toughest schedule. I think them in South Carolina had the two toughest schedules. And for them to be 7-5, and five, to me, that's like a victory because that schedule they had was brutal. Um, also tonight, we have USC coming in 8-4 and four playing on Iowa uh, You know, right now. I think that's going to be a pretty good game, too. Um you know, obviously USC, they're keeping Clay Hilton, so I think that'll be good. They'll be playing in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Um, Iowa always knows how to play the run, and they always play run-first offense. I wonder with a defense like USC, who hasn't looked completely horrible this season. I wonder what they'll do with that. Um, that'll be interesting for me to see. Um, I'm leaning towards taking USC in this game um, just because Iowa is just so run-centric. And to be completely real with you, um, USC has a pretty good run defense. I think they could actually hold up on them. So that's a game I also want to look out for as well tonight. And then we have the Air Force against Washington State. Air Force is 10-2, and two, Washington State 6-6. Six and six. Definitely a down drop from last year when they had Gardner Minshew. Washington State puts up a lot of empty stats. And what I call empty stats is when you're down by 15, 20, and you're just throwing the ball, singing the ball everywhere. So their stats look amazing, but um, – I think Air Force wins this game. Washington's really, to be completely honest, just really not that good of a team. Um, let's just call it what it is. They're really not that good. Um, there's really no other way to put that. They're just really not that good. Um, they've they've showed a lot of weakness on defense, which that's a Pac-12 thing anyway. But their defense is just really not that good. It's really kind of sad to see. But I think Air Force wins this game. Um, they're playing in the uh, Cheez-It Bowl. So I think they win this game. Now let's start focusing on some of these other bowls that actually kind of mean a little bit more. Um, And no disrespect to those teams, but I want to talk about some exciting games that are taking place. So Saturday, which will be when you guys are hearing this, um, we will have first at 12 o'clock Memphis against Penn State uh, in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Memphis has had a tremendous year. I mean, they were probably, a lot of people would argue they're probably the most talented, um, you know, group of five school in the country. I think you put them up there with like Cincinnati, Boise State, App State. You would probably say Memphis is the best out of those teams. Um, I mean, these these teams are really talented. Uh, Penn State has also had a pretty good year, finding themselves ranked at 10 right now. 
I feel like in a game like this, Memphis is going to want to come play. This is a game where I feel like Memphis might be actually motivated for something. And Penn State's like, okay, this is not the playoffs, so we don't care. They low-key did that last year against, I believe, Kentucky. Kentucky had something to play for. They wanted to play for, you know, beating Penn State, and they did it. Um, and I got a feeling that's going to happen again this year. Memphis is going to feel like we got something to play for. We actually want to win this game, and they're going to win. That's me being honest. That's what I feel like is going to happen. They're going to win this game, and probably pretty decidingly too as well. I think it could be like a 24-10 type game. Um, I think Memphis has something to play for, and Penn State feels like if we ain't in the you know, playoffs, we really don't have nothing to play for. So that's how I feel about that one. Another game that's taking place this uh, today also at 12, well, Saturday also at 12, will be the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando. Um, that's going to be Notre Dame against Iowa State. Iowa State has had a good year. Uh, like I said, I, I, I think Iowa State has built a pretty good program. They're still got, they still got some building to do, but they're still building a pretty nice program up there in Amos. Um, I would personally go with Notre Dame in this game. They've looked better of late. Um so I'm really looking forward to that one and seeing what they will do. Now, I don't want to talk about the two other games that Saturday because we already know that's going to be the main focus of this podcast. So let me go over a few more of these bowls, and then we'll go ahead and jump into that. So we got Louisville versus Mississippi State. Um, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be in the American Mortgage Music City Bowl, basically. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty good game. I'm going to take Louisville in that game. Louisville has played actually pretty good. Scott Scatterfield has his guys playing really good right now. Um, so I think he, I think that continues, honestly. Uh, we have California at Illinois as well in the Red Box Bowl. Uh, that's kind of like a home game for California. So I'm going to go with California in that game on Fox at 4 on Monday. Um, we also have the Florida Gators uh, against Virginia in the Orange Bowl. I think the Gators are a way better team than Florida. Uh, I think the Gators are a way better team than Virginia. I don't think this game is really close. I think Florida wins like 31 to 7, something like that. Um, also, now this is on New Year's Eve. We have a lot of good games on New Year's Eve. We have the Belt Bowl. We have Virginia Tech and Kentucky. Now, Kentucky, we know their story about them playing a wide receiver, basically a quarterback most of the year this year. Uh, but Virginia Tech was just literally a few plays away from playing an ACC championship against um, Clemson in that same Bank of America stadium. Um, I think in this game, Virginia Tech wins. Um, I think Virginia Tech has a very strong, strong presence in the Charlotte area. So it's basically going to be like a home game for them. I think Virginia Tech wins that game. Uh, we have also as well Florida State versus Arizona State in the Tony Tiger, <laughs> the Tony the Tiger Sumbo. I like that. Um, we have them going up against Arizona State. Arizona State has showed a lot of promise. Herm Edwards has did a great job just building around that program. Jaden Daniels is amazing as a freshman. I'm actually going to take Arizona State to beat Florida State in this game. Now, a lot of people will probably say that's an upset, but that's where I'm going with it. We got Navy, number 23 in the country, playing Kansas City, uh, Kansas State. I think Kansas State showed bright spots this year. Um, but honestly, I think that, you know, Navy wins that game. Um, next, we have Utah versus Texas. Texas told us all year, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. All offseason, that's what we heard was we're back after they beat Georgia. And obviously, as we've seen, they're not back yet. Um, so I'm taking Utah in this game to win as well, and that's going to be a game that's actually in Texas at the Alamo Bowl, but I'm still taking Utah. And then on New Year's Day, um, we get Minnesota versus Auburn. 
which is actually going to be a decent game down in uh, at the Outback Bowl. Um, Minnesota obviously was probably to me, and I've always said this, they were my surprise team of the year. Very surprising team. I didn't think they would be this good, and they were. Um, I think Auburn wins this game. I think they're a little bit more talented up front. Um, I think they win this game in pretty good fashion. And then also on January 1st, we have the Citrus Bowl. We have Alabama versus Michigan. I think Bama wins that game, actually, against Michigan. And then also as well, we have Oregon versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin, and that's in the the Rose Bowl. That game will be out there in the Rose Bowl out there in Pasadena. Um, That's going to be Oregon versus Wisconsin. That's actually going to be a pretty good game. I lean more towards Oregon in this game just because Justin Herbert, and he has a lot to show before he decides to go off to the NFL. And then we have Georgia versus Baylor. Um, Georgia versus Baylor in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Um, You know, both of these teams – but Georgia, a little bit, probably a little bit more disappointing in their efforts. But, um, you know, Baylor really was a kind of surprise team of the year. Um, so for them, them having, you know, um, a good season was kind of shocking, especially after everything they went through. Matt Rule really has turned that program around. I think Baylor wins this game. I think Georgia's going to feel the same way they felt last year. We don't have anything to play for, so let's just fall down. Um, so I feel like they'll kind of have that same mentality this year. And then two more games. We got Boston College and Cincinnati. Um, they'll play on the day after New Year's. Um, I'm taking Cincinnati in that game. And then we have Indiana, Tennessee in Jacksonville at the Gators Bowl. I'm going to take Tennessee in that game as well because Tennessee has been hot as of late. But now I want to jump into what we really here to talk about. I want to talk about the two big games. Let's talk about LSU versus Oklahoma first because I feel like that's the less important game. And here's why. Oklahoma has so many guys suspended, out, hurt. I mean, and if they were already going to be a huge underdog coming into this game, right? I think we all knew that. Coming into this game, we knew they were going to be a huge underdog. It wasn't a surprise to us. We all knew how electric LSU's offense has been all season. They've been dang near unstoppable. We knew that coming into this game. We knew they would be really good. Um, and out of the fact that a lot of guys on Oklahoma's defense and offense have been suspended, hurt, I mean, they're coming in right now as a 13-point favorite. Like, that's how that's how big the gap is. They're coming in as a 13-point favorite right now, 13 and a half points. And I believe they're gonna cover that more than likely. I believe they're gonna they're gonna beat them by more than 13. Um Oklahoma, man, I mean, I like Jalen Hurts. He's a great guy, great player. Um, his story is amazing. I just don't think with all the injuries in this game, I just don't think, especially for Oklahoma, I don't think they win this game. It'll be the upset. Now, we were talking about upsets of decades in my last podcast. That would be an upset for the decade to me if Oklahoma beats LSU. It would be an upset to me because – I always felt like, especially this season, it was really just three good teams. It was Clemson, it was Ohio State, it was LSU. Everybody else was just, eh, they were just all right. Like, they were just okay. So Oklahoma just basically got the invitation to get blowed out by LSU. That's what I always thought since this whole thing came out because I knew there were only three good teams. So that's why I feel like the fourth team, which is Oklahoma, is just kind of, I mean, they almost lost to Iowa State. 
Um, you know, it's a lot of games they should have lost and they almost lost and they won and stuff like that. It's a lot of games like that. Like Clemson only had one game like that. Um, LSU, I mean, they really didn't have any game like that besides Bama. Like, it's a lot of games that Oklahoma barely slid out of. Um, so we got to keep that in consideration as well. They barely slid out of Baylor twice. Um, so, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that we have to keep in the mind frame of that. And that's why, no offense to Oklahoma fans, I'm not really giving you guys a chance. Like, because I'm just being completely honest, you guys are more than likely probably not winning. Um, no offense, but with the injuries and, you know, people being suspended, I mean, now, granted, Clyde Edwards Hilaire won't be playing, but I don't think they need him to beat uh, Oklahoma. They'll need him more so for the national championship game. And that's what they're thinking. They know they can beat him without, they know they can beat the Oklahoma Sooners without him. So that's why they like, you know what, just sit back, chill. You wait till, you know, national championship time because they know they're going. Uh, me personally, in this game, I'll give the keys for both teams. If Oklahoma wants to win this game, they are going to have to play completely out, out of their mind defense, which Baylor game they did do for the most part. But, I mean, let's think about it. That was a backup quarterback that they did that to. And he still got off. So we got to take that in consideration as well. Um, me personally, I think that they have to really – you almost have to, I think in, in this instance, you kind of have to let Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm, which he showed this year that he can do. You can't let Jalen Hurts throw for 300 yards and rush for 120 yards. Like, you're not winning the game that way. If you're, if, if, I mean, ugh. you're not winning the game. This is for LSU Keys, sorry. For LSU Keys, you can't let Jalen Hurts, you got to let Jalen Hurts beat you with your arm. He can't beat you running the ball, getting 120 yards, because LSU's defense has been known to let up a lot of points this year and a lot of yards. Um, this is probably – no, I, I would still say Alabama's offense is a little bit more dynamic than Oklahoma's. I don't know, though, because Tua was hurt. Um, they're in that same realm, though. So this is probably, if not the best offense, the second-best offense they played against this year. Um so Oklahoma, um, LSU is going to have to really t- toughen up on defense, which of late they've been doing that. Like Georgia, they shut them out. L- uh, A&M, they shut them out. So of late they've been actually playing some pretty good defense. Really since that Bama game, um, they've been playing some pretty all right defense. Um, so, yeah, that's that situation. Um, but in this game, if you want me to give a prediction, I, I say LSU like 41-14. I think this game is a blowout. I think LSU is just that team this year. They're just really, really sound and really, really stout. They're really good this year, man. I don't think you can knock them for that. I really don't think you can take nothing from them. They're a good team this year. Um, and they just seem like they're clicking. Um, so, me personally, I'm taking LSU in this game. Like I said, somewhere in the realm of like 41 to like 14 or something like that. Now... The game we really want to talk about. And the game is really the game of the year, I think. And I'm not just saying that because it's Clemson. I feel like this could have easily been a national championship game. And I've said that on this podcast before. That this game could have easily been the national championship game. And that's Clemson versus Ohio State. We got two against three. Now... We and we're talking about two really 
balanced teams. I mean, these teams are almost identical. Um, great quarterbacks, great running backs, great wide receivers, great O line, great D lines, great line. Like it's it's almost like an identical team. They're both thirteen and zero right now. Um, this is the game of the year. It is. This is going to be a good game, man. Um, Clemson right now finds himself as a two-point favorite. Um, I mean, this is just a really good – this is a really, really good game. Um, I mean, let's just look at the quarterbacks first. I mean, that's – I mean, I, I'm just going to go over some of these stats with y'all and just – you can just tell what type of game this is going to be. Points per game. Ohio State is averaging 48.7 points a game. Clemson's averaging 46.5. Points allowed per game. Clemson's only allowing 10.6 points. Ohio State's allowing 12.5 points. Total yards per game. Clemson has 547 yards a game. Uh, Ohio State has 53 yards, uh, 531 yards per game. Uh, Yards passing, Clemson 294, Ohio State 258. Yards rushing, Clemson 252, Ohio State 272. So what I'm telling you, these guys are like identically matched like it's it's crazy like this these teams are so even it's ridiculous um and i think that's why a lot of people feel like this is kind of like the national championship this is probably the most i want to say most anticipated semifinals i think we've ever seen in the college football playoffs because a lot of people could argue that this is the championship game um, if they really wanted it to be, this could have been the championship game. Um, Trevor Lawrence, let's start off with the quarterbacks. I mean, as of late, since the I think since the Chapel Hill game, he's thrown, I want to say like 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, he's been on, and the three interceptions he threw was all in the Louisville game. So he's been basically scotch-free for the last six weeks, no interceptions. Um, he's playing outstanding right now. Um Right now he's two for thirty-two, three hundred and thirty-seven yards. Uh, two for excuse me, two for thirty-two, three hundred um, and thirty-seven attempts, three thousand one hundred and seventy-two yards, thirty-four touchdowns, eight interceptions. But Justin Fields also has had a great year. He's went two hundred eight for three hundred eight, so he's only had a hundred incompletions, which is really good. Um, two thousand nine hundred and fifty-three yards. Uh, 40 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, like I said, ridiculous numbers. Travis Etienne, 182 carries, 1,500 yards exactly, 17 touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins, who's a complete workload, um, 283 carries, uh, 1,829 yards and 20 touchdowns. And then you got T. Higgins, um, 52 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. And then you have Chris Olay, uh you know, 46 receptions, 799 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, listen to those type of stats. I mean, these guys are equivalently matched up. Now, I want to go even further in this breakdown. So let's talk about it a little bit. Clemson, we're going to go by position by position. So at quarterback, now we remember Shout out to both of these guys because they're from both from the Atlanta metropolitan area. They both came out in the same year. They were both one. I said this, I think, in my college football podcast last year. It was 1A, 1B. Either one you took, you were going to be fine. Trevor Lawrence grew up in Cartersville, about 45 minutes outside of the city limits. And 
in, you know, out there in uh, Cartersville. And, I mean, he's been profoundly known as the best quarterback, really, in Georgia high school history that's not named Deshaun Watson. Um, So he's already been like a prototype from really his freshman or sophomore year of high school. You have Justin Fields from Kennesaw, about 30 minutes outside the city of Atlanta. Um, A. Harrison High School, another guy that, like I said, was very mobile, highly sought out, one of the best players in the country in 2018. In the 2018 class, let me say that. Um, These guys are both really good. And honestly, I don't know if I can say which one is better than which. I lean more towards Trevor Lawrence because of the experience. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Clemson fan. I'm really leaning towards Trevor Lawrence because of the experience. That's literally the only thing he has over Justin at this point. Like, besides that, they're very evenly matched. But at quarterback, I'm going to lean Trevor Lawrence. Running back, J.K. Dobbins is one of the best premier running backs in the country. I don't even think that's a question. He's one of the best running backs in the country. Travis Etienne is one of the most electric running backs I've ever seen. And I'm not, once again, I'm not being unbiased. I'm literally saying that, being completely honest, taking my Clemson fan lens off and just looking at it from an analytical standpoint. This guy's averaging eight yards of freaking carry. I don't care who you play against. That's ridiculous. But this is going to be a game against a really good Ohio State defense. Can you really keep that up? So it's going to be important to see that from Travis Etienne. I lean towards Travis Etienne being better than J.K. Dobbins. I swear it's not bias. I promise you it's not. Now, when we come to wide receivers, I think there's a little bit more of a Clemson advantage there. I like K.J. Hill. I like Chris Ovalle. They got some good talent there. But when you're talking about Justin Ross, T. Higgins, I mean, these guys are NFL playmakers right now. Right now, especially T. Higgins. I mean, he's having an outstanding year. And to me, I think he's a, he's a top 10, top 15 pick in the NFL draft coming in uh, April. To me. Um, I think in that level, I think that, honestly, Clemson has the advantage by a little bit more of a sizable distance. But not far off. Not far off at all. Offensive line. Once again, I go to Clemson because of the experience. They've been here before. They've done this before. Now, let's go over to the defensive side. D-line, I'm going with Ohio State. You can't not. When you have probably the best player on the field on the defense, you cannot say Ohio State doesn't. Ohio State has a better D-line than us. It's not. With Chase Young, I mean, he, he... He's unbelievable, man. Like, he is unbelievable. Ohio State definitely has the advantage on the D-line. It's not even a question to me. And like I told y'all, I'm being completely objective. It's not even a question that Ohio State has a better D-line than Clemson. Clemson's going to have to get the ball out quick and fast. You cannot let Chase Young get to Trevor Lawrence. That ball has to come out quick and fast. 
I mean, one second, two seconds, gone. It has to be out the hand because this guy is going to cause havoc if, if you wait long and try to wait. He's going to cause havoc. Linebackers. Ohio State and Clemson are so even at linebacker. It's hard for me to tell who to take. But I lean towards Clemson because of Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. Complete. He was built to play football. Literally. He was built to play football. Serious business. This guy is talented and he can ball. I'm going to take Clemson in the the linebacker position. Now, secondary. Clemson, this is the best secondary they've had. But I got to go with Jeffrey Okuda in their secondary. Jeffrey Okuda is a top 10 pick for sure. He's a shutdown corner. Ohio State is always known for their defensive backs. I would be a fool not to say that Ohio State has the advantage at defensive back. And they're going to need it, too, for that wide receiving core of Clemson's. Special teams, I lean towards Ohio State. Clemson has always struggled in special teams. And that's a game, that's a phase of the game people don't like to pay attention to, but it is important. It is important. It's very important. I lean towards Ohio State in special teams. I really do. This game is as even as it gets. It's even, man. I mean, it's squared up even. My prediction in this game is Clemson 38-34. In a barn burner shootout closeout game. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins this game on a last second touchdown or like a last minute drive touchdown. This game is going to be close. And if Ohio State wins 38 to 34, I wouldn't be surprised. This game is going to be true. This will not be a 31 to nothing blowout Clemson. And I don't think it'll be a 31 to nothing blowout Ohio State. This game will be close. It's going to be close. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably going to have to play the best game he's ever played. And it seems like in these moments is when Clemson wakes up. They've been doubted all year. A lot of people have said the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. But this Ohio State team is by far the most talented Ohio State team we played against. I'm taking Clemson in this game 38-34. No homer activities, none of that. Because if Clemson has to play LSU, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't know who I'm taking in that game. I really don't. I'll be straight up with y'all right now. I don't. If, if Clemson plays LSU in the championship, I'm going to tell y'all now I don't know who I'm taking in that game. I got to make a decision that's actually based off logic and stats. Like, I can't make an emotional decision like that. But in this game, I do feel like Clemson can win against Ohio State. This is the college football edition of Talks with Tea Time, the podcast. I appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in for this 35-minute segment. I appreciate you guys. If you guys don't already, follow me on Instagram at AO underscore T time nine and also as well on Twitter, AO underscore T time nine. And then also as well uh, on our Instagram page, Talks with T time, the podcast. You can follow us on there as well at Talks with T time, the podcast. Um, I do greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in for this special edition. I hope you guys have a great holiday. I hope you guys had a good Christmas. 
Um, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family, things such as that. I really do greatly appreciate you guys. I'm out.